You're now listening to Real Estate Journeys with Matthew Baltzell. Me on the top and I won't stop me. Me on the top and I won't stop me. Me on the top and I won't stop me. Me on the, me on the, me on the top. Yeah, what's going on everybody? This is your boy Matty B, aka Matthew Baltzell. Welcome back to Real Estate Journeys, the exclusive podcast for new real estate investors looking to grow their brand and their business. So, Today's episode, I know that a lot of us out there are trying to create videos, get new investors, do Instagram, and it can be very uncomfortable for us, right? But today's guest is going to help us with that. Her name is Kayla Philo. Kayla was a marketing video producer for entrepreneurs for 15 years. She's not a videographer who has learned some marketing buzzwords. She was a marketer before she got into video, an important distinction for her clients. She's also seen firsthand how challenging it can be for entrepreneurs to create quality, compelling marketing videos. And now she strives to help people overcome mindset blocks about being seen. So with that said, Kayla, welcome to the show. Hi, Matthew. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very honored and excited to chat with you today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad. I'm very glad you're here. We had a good little prep talk before. A lot of people, like I was saying a little bit in the intro, I know that we are trying to drum up more business, get investors. And I know LinkedIn's going big on video and there's Instagram stories and people are probably should be putting themselves or they feel compelled to put themselves on video. But we really struggle with putting ourselves on video. Can you speak a little bit about that, like the mindset or why we do that and how we can overcome that and make great videos and look happy and look, and look directly into the camera? I'm not even looking into the camera now. See, uh, there we go. Yeah, I understand. Yes, I can speak to that. Let's frame it though really quickly um, around. It's really, truly, it's a, the biggest opportunity we've ever had. It's a whole new dimension of our personal brand. And in an era when building a personal brand is more important than ever. So, but yes, we have some anxiety about it. And that is because it is a new dimension. If you think about it prior to this, nobody had to worry about their live persona really, except for celebrities or news people or, you know, people that had were on TV basically or in the movies or even on stage. Now we have the opportunity and there's almost, there's this growing expectation from our audience that we will provide that as well on video online. So it feels strange if you didn't grow up taking, you know, five selfies a day. And I like to say being on YouTube with your cat, being on video isn't something we're used to seeing ourselves. So it's a, we're having to literally face our ego a little bit. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is where the fear comes from. And there's kind of two elements to it. The first one is this is, and I work a lot with women and some of this applies to men too. Men and women both have fear of video, but for different reasons. And some of it goes back to way, way back, you know, in the times when we lived kind of hunter gatherer lifestyle. And what do you think would happen to a human who was jumping around, you know, being seen, being loud, being, you know, like we're supposed to be on video, (laughs) trying Uh to attract attention. You know, what do you think would happen to them eventually? they probably get eaten by a tiger or a bear or, you know, some animal that was hungry. And women, if they were responsible for, you know, watching the kids around the campfire, double whammy, you know, just, so what's the messaging? Be quiet, don't stand out and you'll be safe. Mm. So that's one thing that, you know, it's our, our, 
reptile brain is, is really uncomfortable. This is the idea of us being seen in this new way. And then there's the other, you know, high achieving people often have high standards for themselves. And so when they start to see themselves on video, perfectionism can creep in, um, insecurities can creep in. And we see and criticize ourselves on video in ways that other people aren't even looking at. The second piece of that, though, the good news is, because I always like to throw in the good news. Yeah, there we go. Let's, let's, get, to, let's get to the good stuff. I'm already like, I'm screwed. I'm done. Uh, I'm done. No, I'm, I'm no. the gatherer. I'm the guy yelling. I'm dead. <laughs> this is the good news. The good news is that this kind of video, again, where we are building out kind of a, a new dimension of our personal brand. Now, a lot of your listeners, I'm sure, are very good at the brand savvy, right? They know who, you know, who they are speaking with and trying to attract and how to do that in other ways. All you have to do is kind of transfer that to some of what you're doing on video. And it's a lot of just practice and you don't necessarily have to go live the first time you can practice with taped material. If you're not ready for live video yet, it's kind of like, you know, it's like riding a bike. It's really hard at first. It feels impossible, but once you do it a few times, it gets a lot easier. Hmm. Would you say it's like a, uh, repetitive muscle, like kind of like in the gym, like you build it up, you build a little tolerance. And then if you didn't do something for six months, it can go cold or like once you have it, you have it. It can never be gone. Yeah. That's a good question. So what I always encourage my clients to do is to separate out the content piece from the tech setup. Okay. So that's uh, tech setup. If you're confused about the technology or how to look good on video, or you're starting from scratch every single time you're going to, you want to get on camera, then that's going to contribute to your stress. So I like to think, I mean, there's a, there's a time and a place for walking around doing, you know, video with your phone, just on Instagram saying, especially if you're doing something cool, but in general, if you're going to get kind of consistent about it, which is the way to build audience around this, you want to have a mini studio in your home or office. It doesn't have to be a whole extra room. It can be like a literally a corner. And there are ways you can simplify that a lot, but that at least you have a go-to place that, and hopefully a time that you do video and you don't have to start from scratch. I like to say you want to be like Oprah and just walk on set and mm. know that it's all set up. So mm. try not to be setting up your videos the same day that you're doing them. Mm. Um, or, or even, yeah, I like to, you know, like have that place already set up. Uh, people say, you know, I work from home. I've got kids, I've got dogs. I can't just, you know, leave my stuff set up. That's fine. Just use tape and put tape on the floor where, you know, where your tripod goes, where your light goes, and just, but enable yourself to be able to set up within five to 10 minutes that way, instead mm. of starting from scratch. So that's one thing. And then, um, and just remembering too, I don't know if you're familiar with Brene Brown. She's a, uh, author and she's done a lot of work around the power of vulnerability. Mm. And with this kind of video, you want to be credible in your information, of course, especially if you're building, you know, expertise or the persona of a trusted expert, you obviously want to know what you're talking about. But you don't have to be perfectly delivering it because our imperfections are what make us trustworthy mm. in this kind of video. Mm. And yeah, there's a human, um, what's it called, concept or a trait that we have. It's called reciprocity. And when we see somebody else doing something, you know, putting themselves out there for us, we tend to want to reciprocate. And that's what we see when we see somebody on video and they're not just perfect or maybe they go, you know, some, something goes wrong or, I mean, I just saw recently saw a really big launch and they lost, um, 
connection, you know, during the live stream, you know, and, and I think his audience probably just felt even more in love with this guy than they were before. Cause he was like, ah, we screwed up. Sorry. You know, we're learning too. And, and so they feel like they can relate to you. That's very different from watching a celebrity with their perfect Instagram, yeah. you know, video or a BMW commercial, you know, that's very highly produced. You have a very different reaction to those. You might enjoy seeing them, but you're not developing trust or feeling like you can really relate at that mm. point. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never thought about it as far, far as like the law of press reciprocity is and with your imperfections, you're giving yourself and in giving yourself people in turn feel as though they should be giving, I'll just say something back as in, I'll just say a like or a view or a thumbs up or something or whatever it's called. So I've never thought about it that way. And it's very interesting too, because I come from an acting background as well. And, you know, like nine out of 10 people will get the script and it'll say, you know, Jack walks over, picks up the apple and starts crying, right? thinks of his grandma and starts crying and everybody will like go over, grab the apple and be like, Oh, grandma's apple. Oh, and you'll think right? you'll watch it and you'll see people on TV. Like, why are they crying so much? And I'm un- unaffected. I'm unaffected by this at all. Like you're crying. I'm not crying, but it is that one actor that comes in and he grabs a green apple and he's like, damn, like my grandma made me a green apple pie before like that last summer I was in Michigan, like grandma's apples. And they're like, that's the guy. That's the guy. But it's showing your vulnerability on camera that really brings you in. And I'm, I myself am very guilty of this. Like when I'm on camera, sometimes I know when I'm being real and I can f- catch myself like, Oh, I've got a happy voice. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I should be stopping. Like, is there, is there, is there a trick if you're doing like something <laughs> where you know you're going like fake voice or you're going like the ship is going down where you're just like, okay, guys. Yes. Like, I'm just being honest. I don't, I don't talk this way. I don't know. Just putting this you're out. like, oh, wait. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying though? Like I've even done my podcast recording and it's like somebody will be like, um, my mom came home and made pizza. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, pizza, that's great. I'm like, that's not even... I know. Yeah. That's such a good question. And yeah, I've been there, done that. Cause you know, I, okay. So I'm an introvert and I was behind the camera for 15 years and I really liked it back there. It was nice and safe. Yeah. Then I realized to serve my audience and I'm going to get, this is the point of the answer to your question is to serve my audience in the best way that I could. I obviously couldn't be telling people get out in front of the camera and do some video if I wasn't doing that myself. Yeah. So when I first started, I thought, okay, I have to be perkier. I have to be, you know, I, I have to, because I'm not like a super loud extroverted person. I love those people. I'm, you know, I'm, some of them are my best friends ever, <laughs> but, but, but it's just, I'm a hot mess. If I try to do that, my voice goes way up and it's obvious, you know, I just Your get body's kind of stiff. You're like, short yeah. And people are like, what is she doing? Yeah. She, you know, she can't act. So she should stop trying. Good point. <laughs> so, yeah. So here's the thing. Um, here's the trick. You want to be, um, consider your audience, first of all. So back to, you know, your audience, they're going to, you want to have like a business strategy around this, right? Mm-hmm. So it is this, it's kind of a behind the scenes, fine line. You want to be yourself. You want to be approachable. You want to be think, but you want to be thinking about 
what is appropriate for your audience, what's going to build the most trust with them. Mm. And you don't want to overshare or on stuff that they don't really care about. Mm. And it's, again, it's kind of a fine line because you want to show, you know, your personal side. Like I live in Mexico. So sometimes I share, you know, interesting, fun things about what I'm doing here. And does my audience, you know, am I cultivating people who want to move to Mexico? No, but I want to show them that, you know, not only in my work, but also in my lifestyle, I exhibit certain characteristics. Mm. So that's kind of what do you have you talked in your program about avatars and ideal clients? Uh, avatars? No, I, I know what you're saying. And I, I was hearing that. I'm like, yeah, my avatar. Okay. And then, <laughs> but could you? Okay. So yeah, if you want to elaborate on the avatar, basically an avatar is a, a made up investor. Like, right. It's a made up listener. It's a made up, uh, audience member. It's somebody that's re- uh, receiving your content. Correct. Yes. So you take your ideal client or two or three types of ideal clients, and you basically create a persona around them. And there are free resources online and templates you can download. And you actually, you know, you put a picture of who you think that person might look like and what do they do? And, you know, are they married? Do they have kids? What do they do in their free time? What are their pain points? What, you know, what is their you know, favorite thing to do, least favorite thing. Anyway, you build out basically a character. And then you have that person in mind when you are, um, like if you're wondering in your head, you know, should I talk about this? And then you, have, you, you can think about one of your avatars and think, oh, well, yeah, Susie is one of my avatars. She might think that's interesting. Does mm-hmm. that, you know, or no, that would be really weird for her. So like one example, uh, it's uh, maybe a segmenting your audience. This is something you want to do too, because you want to do all this before you get on video because video will turbocharge your messaging. So <laughs> you want to make sure your messaging is going in the right direction before you put the <laughs> it's, going it. down. it's going down. It's going down. It's going down. It's going down. Or it's just spinning all around. It's fun to watch, but people don't really know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're at that airplane show. That's like, yeah. <laughs> F 15 crashes and kills five people. It's like, we ain't never going back. Nobody's watching. <laughs> Yeah. So um, at any rate, so you want to, you know, like have some direction for your messaging before you start doing the video, ideally. But then if you're thinking like the think about different kinds of investors, you know, real estate investors, mm-hmm. uh, there are younger investors or I don't want to say age wise, but okay. So there's an investor profile who wants to live abroad, enjoys that. Um, and maybe, you know, someone like yourself is uh, you're living in Chiang Mai. You might want to share that pieces of what you're doing there, what's going on in the scene you know, the, the real estate scene there, even yeah. if that's not where people are looking, they'll be interested by that. Like, Oh, he's cool. You know, he's kind of um, living different places. Yeah. Or maybe your investor lives in Nebraska and, you know, is a big fan of Warren Buffett. And obviously you're going to have a quite different content for somebody like that. Cause they're going to think, wait, this person's living in somewhere else in the jungle. And, you know, they're going like, to yeah. be spinning scenarios that you're not yeah. trustworthy you're not stable does that make sense yeah can you can you uh you can craft it's okay to craft a a, a video right or a message for a different um member okay all right um craft a, a message for a different member example being like if i'm speaking towards maybe i'll say maybe uh, more so towards males in this video and then i could say like uh, tomorrow I'm going to do one more towards females. And then they kind of like, if they see it, they self-select. Does that make sense? Like if I'm, if I, if I make a video and 
I'm like, Hey guys. And a girl's like, Oh, like this is like, he's making a video about like guys in Chiang Mai at the gym again. Like, I'm not going to watch this. But then the next day I'm like, Hey ladies, like I'm not leaving you out as well. Is it good to, or is it just, should you always be consistent? Uh, well, it depends on the, the top characteristics of your target audience. And mm-hmm. if, if what you're doing, like my, uh, I target female entrepreneurs mm-hmm. in mid career. Um, you know, I don't say women over 35 in my marketing, but yep. the way that I present things kind of lets them know that I do, I wouldn't do a lot of content, um, that's sort of directed at millennials mm-hmm. because that's not, you know, the that's niche, not my yeah. market. Now I do serve millennials too, but it's not the main focus really if you're trying to build it. So this gets back to how, where is your audience and how are you trying to find them? Mm-hmm. If you're trying to build an online audience, the more specific you can be, the better. Mm. Now, when you just said that about guys at the gym, that's a video, though, that you could spin two ways because there, you know, women, there are some women that would be interested in that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so you could say, we got this, you know, we got something for everybody in this video. Yeah. You know, you yeah. Know, so, um, but I think you have to be, at least keep it within the range of who you're trying to attract because otherwise you're going to confuse people. Hmm. Now people that are that, now people that are wanting to, so they've identified their audience, they've identified their avatar, and now people are getting ready to record. Maybe they have their studio set up. Is there, I'll say a pregame ritual, a thing that make like a vocal warm up or any, uh, anything that people should do on a consistent basis to kind of get themselves prepared to do a video? Like, is there like a, like a, I don't even want to say a strategy, like, you know, like a vocal warm ups, warm up your eye, you know, it's like practice your eyes, like bounce them around, keep them straight, look focused, like three things. Is there anything like that or no? Yes. And no, it depends upon your level of confidence. So, but, so I think at the beginning, what can be really helpful is, so all the fears we have around video are just in our brain. It's just mm-hmm. our little, you know, brain chatting that inner critic, inner voice, just blah, blah, blah. And the best way to silence that is just get your body involved because you can't talk yourself into not being nervous. You probably know that from your acting background. So the one way to do this is just to, you know, stand up and do like some power poses. Like I do a Wonder Woman pose or you sit up straight, get your body a little bit involved. If you can do a workout ahead of time, that's even better. If not, it's fine, but just be sure you don't, you know, like sitting all day and then you get under your video and, you were just all up in your head. You want to do some breathing. You want to do some power poses. So basically you're signaling to your brain that you're a total video rock star. Mm. And then you're not, cause you're, you don't want your head leading with this. You don't want your inner critic having the last word around this stuff. Cause yeah, they're there. You, you're going to acknowledge that those voices are there, but then you're going to say, that's not what I want to bring to my videos. I'm the boss of this process. This is my business. You go sit in the corner <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. And then you do some power poses to signal to your body. And um, I guess there's like chemical, you know, change that actually endorphins start to kick in a little bit more. And then, you know, voice stuff is is just part of, you can't worry too much about yeah. that unless you do some voice training. And I think probably when with more... Uh, repetition comes confidence and you develop Absolutely. your voice. And I've even noticed as a podcaster, like I've, I mean, I've recorded close to maybe 40 episodes and I've released mm-hmm. 23 maybe, mm-hmm. or like 20. And 
my my voice, my my tonalities, my confidence, my interview questions are so much better as opposed to like, hey, so uh, how are you doing today? Um, great, great to hear. Um, I yeah, agree. So that, 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 yeah. Only thing though, I, and it gets back to that other thing we were talking about with like, am I being kind of weird? Because I have seen um, some really popular podcasters that started out sounding a little more tentative and actually that was more charming. And now they're like, you know. Super- oh, gimmicky. Yeah, super on and everything is. I don't want to name drop, but I was like, no, I know what you're saying. That guy that I thought was so cool, and now it's just like he's like they're polished. They're polished. I guess so. So uh, back to the, you know, you don't necessarily you want to be credible in your information for sure, and be be able to back that up always, always. But you don't have to be perfect in your presentation, and in fact, it might make it a little less endearing. Mm. Mm. Love it. Information check from there you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta know your avatar you gotta build it out you'll find your voice these are very good things i've i've i've, I've learned a lot i want to want to close it out with a couple questions but i'll ask you one more question are you noticing anywhere video becoming popular on any platforms right now other than i'll say youtube linkedin and instagram is there any other platforms that you've noticed video becoming popular on? Not, I mean, not really, but I don't, the key to that is it doesn't really matter because what matters is where your audience is. Mm, Okay. So uh, like my audience is not on Snapchat. So Mm. I don't even know if you can do video on Snapchat. (laughs) No, not really. But um, so you have to look at where is your audience because you don't, it's time consuming to do video and you can repurpose it to some degree but it's okay when you're just starting out to pick one platform and just optimize that one and then maybe have a secondary one for sure. Where um, is that avatar? <laughs> right, exactly. And the other thing that's happening is even if you know you thought, thought you had it nailed down, it will change in a couple of years because if you think about Facebook a few years ago, all the cool kids were on Facebook. Well, guess what happened? Their parents got on and then their grandparents got on and they were out of there. So like, you know, my kids are in their twenties and they're hard. They only check into Facebook because they know I'm on there sometimes. And my daughter likes things once in a while. Um, but she's all over Instagram. Yeah. Uh, right. And I think YouTube, the average age of YouTube channel, you know, owner was like 14 for a while there. And I went to VidCon. The first one a few years ago it was awesome. It's another story, but, uh, that I think what's happening now as especially Facebook ads and Facebook's you know, struggling a little bit with privacy and how they're struggling with a lot of things because they're figuring some stuff out. Yeah. So they're getting, being only on Facebook is getting a little more risky than it used to be. And then people use YouTube for different reasons. At any rate, what I'm getting at is I think that I've seen this more people are migrating over to a YouTube channel now for very good reasons. And I believe that the average age of the YouTube channel um, is going, the person behind that is going to go up as well. So mm. it's kind of a curve, you know, early adopters yeah. and the bulk kind of starts to move over. Mm. And I think and hope that we're coming to an era when pretty much having a YouTube channel is going to be like having a website. Mm. Yeah, that's because it's just going to be the place to be doing enough videos because you need to be doing them as part of your branding uh, that you'll need a place that a home for those. And YouTube is the perfect place. 
Very cool. I've never, I've never heard it uh, phrased that way. Very cool. Well, I'd like to close it out with the final three, three closing questions. First question is, what is your favorite book to re-gift? It's a book called, um, it's called The Gift, and it's by Hafiz. It's the Daniel Landinsky translation of the poetry of Hafiz. Nice. Second question is, if you were to give a TEDx talk, what would it be on and why? <laughs> it would be why every woman should have a YouTube channel. Ooh, it's kind of sexy. All right. Third question. What is a pain point or weakness you face in your business right now? Oh my God, just getting everything done. I just onboarded a new VA and she's amazing, but I need three more of her. So I would say, um, yeah, slowing down what I want to see happen to reality. <laughs> there you go. What's the best way for people to get a, get a hold of you, Kayla? Thank you. My website is mirroryourbrillianceonvideo.com, possibly the longest URL around, but um, my email is Kayla at mirroryourbrillianceonvideo.com. And that's a great way to get a hold of me. Also, I'm on Facebook. You can messenger me at um, the Facebook page for Mirror Your Brilliance on video. Nice. And I know on Real Estate Journeys, we're a value, uh, value-driven podcast, and we always like to give back to the audience. And I believe we have a free PDF there from you. Is that correct? Nine tips, I believe. Did you want to yes, nine tips to save time and money on video, awesome. especially for people like you guys who are just trying to figure out how to get your arms around this to do more personal video for your brand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, we'll all include all your information in the show notes there for you guys. So if you're listening, you will be able to pick up that PDF as well. Kayla, thank you very much for being on the show and we'll catch you on the next go around. Thanks so much, Matthew. I appreciate it very much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to real estate journeys, guys. Your support is greatly appreciated, and if you found this content to be enjoyable, valuable, or entertaining in any way, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, leave a comment, and a five-star review. Peace!